This podcast episode is a topic different from any of the others that we have discussed in the past, but I think it is so important as it is such a large part of the new use of technology. And what we're going to be talking about is AI. How does that play into our parenting? How do we teach our kids? And then what does it look like to use AI as a Christian? I invite you to join us. Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others, and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, a mom who's made a lot of mistakes, but has found grace and truth along the way. Chris, I am so excited about this podcast. I have talked about it on social media because I think you are going to open a world of information to me, to our listeners. Um, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting to be on. I'm glad to do it. Yes. I'm thrilled. I, I, I was starting to do the math today, thinking about how long have we been friends? And the number's kind of scary if you want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. We met in college and Chris, you actually sang in our wedding. Yeah. Really wow. fun. Um, Michael and I have been good friends with Chris and his wife. And most of you don't know, most of our listeners, even most people I run into don't know that Chris, you are the one who came up with the ABC Jesus Loves Me name. Do you remember that? Wow, that was a long time ago. I think I was just going down the road and I was like, you should start with an A because you'd be uh, further up in the alphabet. That's so, funny. how about ABC? <laughs> so, funny. so, that's how you came up with it. Yeah, because in the yellow pages, you're always supposed to be right? like AAA or something to be higher up in the index. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> I did not realize that. Well, and actually, I mean, Chris, this was almost 16 and a half years ago. So <laughs> I remember right, it was through an email you sent me. Okay. Um, wow. Thinking about the internet back then, wh- how much changes have occurred? I mean, just cell phone, oh. texting internet searches. And now I just got introduced to this thing called AI. Yeah. Am I really behind? Has AI been around for a long time or? AI has been around for a while. Your Alexa would be considered AI or Google or or Siri. Those things are all considered AI. Um, But Gen AI, this new generative AI is, is brand new and something we've never seen before. So you're, you you aren't behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, good, because I have just started using something called chat GPT. That's right. Yeah. It is revolutionizing my world. It's amazing, isn't it? It, it really is. So what I want to talk about today is I want to just find out everything you can tell me about this new world of AI. Okay. I want to hear about this amazing book that you have written. I mean, yep. Chris, when you sent it to me, those illustrations, I was in awe. Yeah. And when I found out how you created those illustrations, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So yeah. let's dive in here. Tell me about AI. This new breed of AI is called generative AI. And it's different from what we've had in the past where an AI would be used to understand something or to call an existing program. And these new generative AIs, they generate text or summaries or 
poetry or songs or images with very little prompting. So you can you can give it a small prompt like write a poem about the state of Nebraska and it will go into its world knowledge, uh, find all the things about Nebraska, find words that rhyme and write you a poem. That kind of thing, brand new, we've never never really experienced that before. Or you could say, generate a, an illustration of a boy riding a bike, and it would it would give you a picture back of a boy riding a bike. That Those is- kind of things are, are really amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Okay, so you're talking about illustrations. And you're talking about how AI can create illustrations among so many other things. How is this changing the world as we know it? It's really changing the world as we know it because regular people are getting like creative superpowers uh, that they haven't had in the past. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not an artist, but now I can illustrate my own book. And it's really empowering because uh, that was kind of the missing link always for me to publish something was to be teamed up with an artist. Now, on the other side, it can be a little scary if you're an artist or if you're a poet or or a composer mm-hmm. or someone that uh, writes content for for like articles. When someone can give a, a quick prompt and just generate all of that content just like that with with really no training. That's really the way it's changing things. I never thought about that. I know it's a, there's a big stir in education world because kids are no longer having to write their own papers. They can simply go to something like chat GPT and type in, I want a paper that is five pages long that contains this many sources on this topic and it will write it for them. And so the education world is still going, what do we do with this technology? Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a concern mm-hmm. is um, for students, you know, it's kind of the new plagiarism. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it really doesn't encourage you to learn the basics that you need to get better. You know, someone has to be the next poet. But if everybody's used, just using chat GPT to write poems... We're not going to get to that next level. No one's going to go through the basics to know it. Or or same with art or music composition. You know, if if everyone's cheating, basically, for, mm-hmm. for the beginner stuff, how do we ever get to the advanced stages? I think uh, there'll be a lot of a lot of work done on the technology side. I know Google's already got for their image generators. They have a way now to embed a signature in there that can't be removed. So that anybody who has the the magic wand can say, oh, this one was generated by AI versus the ones that aren't. So I think you'll start to see that embedded more and more in the responses to kind of curb that plagiarism mm-hmm. or that cheating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Chris, tell me about your job. How do you use AI in the adult world in your job? I'm a, a data engineer, data architect, and I use I use AI to write code. Actually, the first generative AI were not to write poetry or create images or music. It was to write code. Surprisingly, some programmer wanted to put themselves out of a job. But um, (laughs) (laughs) it's actually really, really helpful to just get rid of a lot of the mundane tasks that come with programming. And then we can turn it around and and turn that into like chatbots where you can say something like, 
uh, show me all of the things uh, that are red that um, that I might like, and it would turn that into code. We can execute that code and, and show you the list back. So some of those things are getting used already. Or, or we can, you can even do like text summarization. So you can say, you know, given this description of this item, is it a hazmat item? Is it fragile? Does it require mm -hmm. special shipping? Or is this just a normal item that I can ship via standard shipping? Right. Things like that are all coming and I'm sure there's a hundred more. Right. As you're talking, I just wonder, is this capability going to be as revolutionizing, as life-changing for us as adding cell phones and texts and the internet? I mean, are we going to look back on this time and go, this was a huge moment in history that changed everything? Yeah, it's hard to say if it'll be as big as all of that, I think it's definitely going to find its place. Mm -hmm. uh, like all these virtual assistants will help you to do the things that you had to do manually before. I wonder it, how much of it will be a bridge. Like this might not be the one big thing, but it's the massive bridge connecting to the next big thing. Yeah, time will tell. And the way that we're, that we're now putting AI together with traditional systems and processes to kind of glue them together could be really revolutionary because a lot of things you're like, why doesn't that just do, you know, why do I have to go on my phone and do something and then go over to my computer and do the next three steps? Why doesn't it just, there's something that just orchestrates all that. And, and I just, tell my smart speaker to go order my groceries, the same ones I had last week, except for the catch-up, you know? Right. Just Those kind of things, it, it's smart, but it's not that smart. Mm -hmm. And I think we might get to that next level of smartness where you can, you can really converse with it like another person and it will remember the things you've done before. So that's crazy. Okay. So I think we both can agree. We don't know where it's going to end up, but we're on a highway here to, to get us to a next big step. We don't know what that next step's going to be, but we're, we're going quickly, very quickly down this highway. So what I want to talk about now that we've kind of laid out this foundation of what is AI, what is it doing, how you use it. Now I want to think from a parent level, what does this mean for me as a parent? What does this mean for our kids? And we always in the podcast hit preschool, elementary teens. Those are kind of our three. So what is this going to look like in my home? And I definitely want to talk about your book too. So why don't we start with, first of all, with the book, because I think that is a great springboard into then using these technologies. So your book is called D is for Data, the ABCs of Data Analytics. Tell me about it. It's a uh, vocabulary book. So it's the ABCs of data. And each page has a letter, you know, A, B, C, all the way through. Mm -hmm. And then with each term, it's got an illustration that illustrates that term. For example, A, A is for aggregation. I'm sure that probably the kids and maybe most of the parents don't know what aggregation is, <laughs> but behind this image is a bunch of uh, blocks. And the, the definition says aggregation is grouping things either by color or by, by shape. 
that's like a really concrete physical way that you can understand and kids can understand Mm -hmm. what aggregation is. It's just grouping things together by different characteristics or attributes. What I found in my career is that a lot of breaking into a new field has to do with learning the terminology, learning the vocabulary, and not being afraid of a new word that you're maybe hearing for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so just to get kids exposed to that so that they've at least heard the word and they've seen a picture and they have some something to grasp onto, Mm -hmm. I think will give kids a lot of confidence to maybe one day move into that field. Well, and I find even in my very limited understanding of websites and web design, the more I use those words, then I hear them. And as I hear them, then I use them. And so there's this constant cycle that once you're introduced to them, you start seeing them in your world. That's right. Yeah. And it used to be if you wanted your kid to be a doctor, you would enroll them in Latin. Because there were so many Latin terms in the medical field. Hmm. This is kind of the new way to do that. And then once you learn that language, you start to hear it everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. you see it in this context and you see it over here and you're like, oh, that's that word I learned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think it's just, it's really cool. And from a preschool curriculum writer, I love in your book how you have activities, just little short sentences for the kids to draw out from the illustrations, because that is exactly what we want them to do. We want them to take the information, take the illustrations, and then figure out, okay, now how does this fit into my world? So in that first picture, looking at the blocks, how would you sort them? Would you sort them by shape, by color, by size? How would you do this? I loved that part of the book. And by the way, we're going to be giving two books away There'll be a link in the show notes for you to be able to click on and go enter to win these books. I'm telling you, the illustrations alone are (laughs) worth it. I'm in love with the illustrations. For the preschool age, I think in summary, adding these vocabulary words to them, giving them opportunities to use these words, to be exposed to these words, helping them understand. And I think, Chris, you did a fantastic job about putting it on a childlike level so that they could understand what these words are in a basic form. Okay, so let's go to elementary level, age six to 11. How does this fit in with them? That's the age of my kids that I wrote this for. My two youngest are in second and fifth grade, so eight and 10. For them, it's really about, they're still natives. Like they're growing up with this technology. And so they're really unafraid of it. Whatever you tell them is normal is going to be normal to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just kind of have to set the rules of like, you know, there's this thing called AI and it can do amazing things and you can use it as a tool especially these image generators, like what I use to create all these illustrations, they're fun. And it's something that I think you can do as an activity with your kids is just experiment with it. And they have safeguards on there. So you're not, I don't think you're going to get into too much trouble. You want to be with your kids while you're doing it and just say, let's, let's try to make some pictures. What do you want to make a picture of? I did that with my kids and you know, we made pictures of a really funny chicken, thunder chicken, with with some lightning behind it. And it kind of became 
one of the little mascots for the book. So that's fun. Uh, you can you can definitely have fun with it, add humor, and do it together. I think that's a that's a good plan for elementary. I love that. You said something so important there. You said that with these kids, they're not scared of these words. And I'll tell you, Chris, when I read through your book, I got to some of those letters of the alphabet and it was, it was an apprehension that I was like, oh, I don't think I can understand this. Instead of having the freedom to go, no, I can. This is simple. Chris has put it in simple terms. I can understand this and giving myself the freedom to be okay in something that's not normally part of my life. Yeah, I think kids are really good at that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you are engaging in these technologies with our kids, we can let them teach us. And, And that's such a good way for them to engage. And then they're explaining it to you. And you can, of course, correct them when they're wrong. But they are, they're completely native to this technology. So to them, it's just, you know, Tuesday. So they're just, they're just going through doing their thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So elementary sitting beside them and giving them the freedom to explore this with you beside them. I think that is a fantastic idea, you know, especially let's say we have a kiddo who maybe isn't really into sports or isn't into some of these other activities that are the norm among his peers or her peers. And what an opportunity to have this be the thing the son and dad does or the mom and the son or, you know, whatever the, whatever the situation is. Okay. Love Mm -hmm. those ideas. Okay. The last group teens. And I know you've got a few teens in your house. So I do have a few teens. Teens need spending money. So I tend to focus on the business opportunities behind it and turn them on to that and then warn them about the dangers of cheating. (laughs) Um, Those are those are my two focuses with the teens. Yeah. But a project like this book or anything else, I mean, I think they want to use it. They see opportunity there and, and a chance to innovate. So I just go with that spirit. Mm-hmm. You sent me this quote, and I thought this was so good. The things that I've been focusing on are how vocabulary has a big role in STEM. STEM isn't just about flashcards, labs, and multiplication tables. It's about being able to communicate complicated ideas succinctly. That means having a robust vocabulary. Honestly, like the smartest people that I know at work uh-huh. and get a very complex idea through in about 30 seconds. And it's it's just always amazing to me how language has such a big part in this data science and engineering because you're talking about very specific things and it would normally take 30 words to like express this one thought but their vocabulary is so good. They just pick out the exact right word and they use very few of them. And you get through everything that you needed to get through in a very short amount of time so that you have time to to go work on, you know, what needs to get worked on. And if you look at statistics, so much of that begins with kids being read to over and over and over and not read 
just any book. They're read quality books. I will put in the show notes links to the top 200 preschool books that every preschooler should be read many, 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 many times. And the reason I have those in the ABC Jesus Loves Me curriculum is because they build this vocabulary you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The illustrations pull them in. It's opening their world to things that they're not, they wouldn't be exposed to other than in books. Yeah. Because you can't experience everything. Right. No, I totally agree with that. I've, I've always read to my kids. I'm a big believer in it. I, I love that. Yeah. I would love to see your list. I need to see your list now. Oh, well, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Everything continually comes back to laying that strong foundation as early as you can with as quality of products as you can. Absolutely. Chris, I do want to hit, we did say the word STEM in your quote there. Can mm-hmm. you talk just a little bit about STEM and how you are working on STEM, how you see STEM fitting into your life as a dad to five kids, your life as a programmer, writer, et cetera? Sure. Actually, at the the school that my kids go to, they have STEAM, which is just one more letter inside Mm -hmm. of STEM. Mm -hmm. So it's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. I really love all those subjects, and I think they, they go well together. The science, of course, is that freedom to experiment, to have a hypothesis, and then experiment on it. Technology, of course, AI and computers and the internet, cell phones have changed our world. Engineer, I was an engineer for for 20 years, still am. That's really about building things and putting big systems or big mechanical or electric or uh, or even software systems together and making sure that they work consistently. The arts are super important. Music and art really feed our souls. When we're done with work, we need something. And it's such a part of that intelligence that the the people that have those that high intelligence that can do the science, the technology, the math, the engineering are the same ones that can do the the art and music well. So I, I love that that's uh, woven into STEAM. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, math. Math is just the foundation of everything and really enables everything. And I love that we're putting vocabulary and language back into it because sometimes it feels like language arts is left out. Well, we talk a lot in this podcast about impressing upon the hearts of our children to love God and love others. And I'm going to throw this question out at you. I did not prepare you. (laughs) But my question is, how does God fit into AI? How does AI fit into God? What does this look like to use these resources to impress upon our children who God is and what God does? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that these kind of endeavors are creative at heart, and it's a way to, like, you're generating these images, you're generating text, poetry, papers, whatever. It's a great time to have that conversation about God the creator. You know, he created all of us. He created nature. He created the laws of the universe, the Bible. He communicates with us using words. And we're created in the image of God. That's why we love to be creative as well. 
I think that's where it fits, you know, and then just the whole idea of work, it's good to work. Mm -hmm. It's good to go out and, and do things, do them well for the glory of God and take a chance to do that while you're connecting with your kids because they need your attention. And I think these are fun ways to interact with your kids and have some, you know, dads need projects. I think moms can connect in other ways. A dad needs a project to really connect with his kids. So that's that's how I've used it, even on this project, just to get their feedback, to say, hey, what do you think about this picture? And what right. what else could I put in? Does this make sense to you? It's just a good way to interact with them. So, And it still blows my mind. I saw you post on Facebook that you created this book almost entirely on your cell phone. Yeah. You know, we're, we're at the eighth grade game, but the seventh grade's playing uh-huh. and you're kind of not paying attention and you type something in, you show, I show my daughter who, you know, is playing dolls at the, <laughs> at the football game. So yeah, it's, it's a great way to redeem the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I have been praying in the last few weeks, just God, what is next for ABC? Jesus loves me. And I didn't know where he was leading me at all. And then suddenly um, a friend said, hey, have you looked into chat GPT? And then you send me this book. And I'm going, God, what is next for ABC Jesus Loves Me? I don't know. But I'm wondering if he's not going to be using some of this AI to further the gospel in what we have started in this ministry. So I am super excited to see what God does with your book, to see what God does with what you have shared today. Again, go to the show notes and click on the giveaway. We're going to be giving two of these books away. You can also go to the parentingtoimpress.com website and enter to win on the blog. So, Chris, this has been fun. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us. And I hope that in a few years, you can come back and we're going to be talking about a whole new, exciting invention that we never even thought possible. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I hope we get to do it again. Absolutely. I'd love to. So also, if you do not want to wait for the giveaway, go to amazon.com, D is for data, the ABCs of data analytics, and find this book by Chris King. Thanks, King. I appreciate your time. Thank you. We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslovesme.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.